we're doing this series on unsung heroes, and I jumped ahead too quickly. But it's always the case. Now, we're taking some from the scripture that maybe some people haven't noticed. But in our lives, who are the unsung heroes in your life? Your dad, your mom, your grandparents, your aunt, your uncle, whoever it may be. Could be a brother, could be, you know, sister. So all of us have those in our lives, and what a blessing it is that we have them. And the thing that for me is, as we look at these in the scripture, it's okay, how can we benefit from us? How can we allow God to take the truth as presented there and then help shape and change us into the image of Christ so that his name is glorified and his name is honored? And last week, I mentioned Abel. Abel's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, and so is our speaker for today. When I say speaker, he's speaking to us from the word of God. His life is speaking to us. And how many of you know about Jethath? Did I say that well? Jethath. (laughs) How many of us know who Jethath is? And yet... He is listed by God, the Holy Spirit, in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, to remind you, is the hall of fame of faith. That God chose people out of history to say these are the ones who demonstrated faith. And remember a few weeks ago when I did the message about the folks at Thessalonica, where Paul is writing, and he says... How's their faith? And I got to tell you, every time, every time I get to this place in my own spiritual journey where I have the Holy Spirit of God asking me, well, how's your faith? Over the last three weeks now where I've been asked to take it easy because of the head injury and the rib injury, because I'm so used to doing. Anybody here besides me used to doing? We just do, right? And yet this whole time God was saying, okay, Steve, let's focus on the being. What does it mean to be in this intimate relationship with me that that honors me by the, the way you live your life? And we know that we're in this world where this world system is so contrary to the word of God. And I'm going to be very frank. In so many cases, we've taken this world system over God's truth. And our lives do not measure to what God says is how our lives are to be. And remember, he's never asked us to do that without help. And the help, of course, is the Holy Spirit. And what more shall I say, the writer of Hebrews says, for time will fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jetheth. Of David and Samuel and the prophets. In the midst of these mighty men of God that we've heard stories about, most of us for all of our lives, some maybe not so much. But here's this guy, Jetheth. Who is he that God would say, Here's a man I want to put in this incredible chapter on those who live by faith? And I got to tell you, I would want, if God willing, I hope you would want the same thing. I would want my name in that chapter. I would want my name in that chapter that that my life is so lived in faith in him 
that he could look at me and say, there's Steve, there's a man of faith. I, I truly have that heart desire. I'd love to tell you I always get it, but I don't. Because there's so many times when I'm looking in the wrong direction, I'm paying attention to the wrong thing, and yet, thank you, Holy Spirit, for always bringing me back to this place of what is your focus? What is your life supposed to be? Well, let's give you a little background. So the nation of Israel has come along, entered the promised land. Joshua has been their leader. But now Joshua is dead. And leaders would rise. And some of them were really good. And some of them were really bad. And they go through these cycles of going after God and turning away from God. Sounds very current, doesn't it? Maybe even very personal for some of us. And now they've been in this lower spiral, as it were, for 18 years. And they're in a mess. And in the midst of this mess, God does something amazing. He takes the truth of his word that he, is knows, that he knows is going to be fulfilled. And he says, and here are these guys that I'm listing here who by faith have conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the powers of fire, escaped the edge of the sword from the weakness that was made strong. Because what? Mighty in war, but foreign armies they put to flight. God is looking back, as it were, as he has Hebrews 11 recorded. But here we are, and we're going to go back to Judges where this story is revealed. And see how amazing it is that God does this work. His heart is always for his people. You have got to, got to, got to, got got to know that. His heart is always for his people. His heart is always for you. He loves you desperately. I'm so glad he loves me desperately. So in Judges chapter 11, we have this story. It actually goes on into chapter 12. We're going to look at this today. We're going to look at the fact, as I just said, That he loves us. How many of you here know that God loves you? That he loves you unconditionally. Yeah, that was a show of hands. I had two so far. Okay, just checking. He loves me. He loves you. And so what his word says is, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved to my father. And I will love him and disclose myself to him. Back to Jephthah. I didn't put all the scripture up there. But the story goes like this. Jephthah was a Gileonite. He was a mighty warrior. His dad was Gilead. 
And his mom was a prostitute. How many of you got to engineer the circumstances of your birth? Nobody does. Nobody is able to engineer the circumstances of our birth. But God has this incredible work of grace that he does when we are born. If we pay attention to what he's doing, it can make an amazing, amazing difference. Now, Gilead, the father, Japheth, took him home. That was admirable. And we don't get all the timing laid out for us here in the scripture. So we don't know if he got married after this or before this. And he was out having an affair. We don't know how that all timed out. But it does say that Gilead had sons by his wife. Can I make a real strong recommendation here? Stay with the one you got and love them unconditionally. It is never going to be perfect because you're in it. Did you get that? It's never going to be perfect, not because your mate isn't perfect, but because you're not perfect either. And yet we've allowed the world system to convince us that It really doesn't matter anymore. It's okay. Just the appeal of the flesh, whatever, whenever, whomever. Well, in this family, as Gilead had sons by his wife, and everybody's growing up, if you didn't know it, but in the Hebrew family, the oldest son gets a double portion of, of the inheritance. And so the half brothers of Jathoth run him out of the house and out of town. And here's what they said. You're not going to get any of our daddy's stuff. Now, first of all, the lesson that pops is Being abandoned and rejected. Everybody in this room at some point in their life, more than likely, has been rejected by someone and abandoned by someone. Again, we don't get to determine the circumstances of our birth. And so we don't get to determine how all that's going to play out. But what we do get to determine is how we're going to respond to it. So Jephthah goes to another community, a place called Tob, actually, T-O-B. And apparently he's not the only one who's having issues. And so this group of adventurers, as they're called, other translations call them scoundrels, they gather there and he is their unofficial leader. He is apparently very naturally... uh, Born leader. It kind of reminds you of David when David was on the run and he was hiding out and it ended up with 400 men who came to where he was and he led them before he became the king 
of Israel. When we are rejected and we are abandoned and we get the choice of how we're going to respond to that, we can either reject God and abandon God or we can continue to love God and follow God and obey God. So Jephthah, he's over there doing what he has to do because he's been run away. But God has these incredible plans that somehow unfold as we continue to read the scripture. And so now the Ammonites are coming against the people of Israel. And they said, oh, we're in trouble. What are we going to do? Oh, we'll go get Jathath. Because he is a natural born leader and he is a great warrior. He is exactly what we need. And so they go approach him with the proposal of coming back and leading them. He says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't you guys run me out of town? Nobody stood up for me. Not even my daddy. And now here you are asking me to come and help you defeat your enemy. He said, well, let's just suppose that I did that. And they said, then you'd be our leader. He goes, well, let's just suppose that I did that and we overcame the enemy and you were saying that I would be your leader, but then you would renege on your commitment. And they said, here's what they said, before God, you'll be our leader. And so he goes. But the cool thing about this guy who's a warrior, first of all, tries negotiation. He goes to the king of the Ammonites and says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are you guys wanting to war with us? What is the problem? And the king says, well, you took our land. When you guys came out of Egypt, you took our land. He said, that's not true. See, here's the thing. You need to know what's true and what's not because everybody has a truth that seems to make truth to them. He says, oh, no, no. He says, we did not do that. In fact, when we asked permission to even come through your land, your forefathers wouldn't let us even pass through it. And so we went around it. But as time went on, and you guys began to show aggression, our God stepped in, gave us permission to take you guys out, and we did. And so the land that we have is not yours, but ours. And we're not giving it up without a fight. And so, here we go. Jephthah, being the great warrior that he was, he led his people to an incredible, incredible victory over the Ammonites. What a cool story. Here's a guy who's kicked out of the home, run out of town, and now he is back in town and he is the top dog. But in the process, Jethath did something that maybe sometimes we are guilty of doing too. He wanted so desperately, so desperately to win this battle, to be back in that place in his village and his community. He wanted so desperately that here's what he said, God, remember he didn't turn his back on God. He had this relationship with God. God, here's what I'll do. If you'll give me the victory, if you'll give me the victory, then the first thing that comes out of my house when I come back from that victory, I will give to you 
as an offering. He gets the victory. He goes home. And out of his house, as he arrives at his home, is his only daughter, who comes out with a tambourine and dance to celebrate her father's victory. And he breaks down and weeps. He says, daughter, you have brought me great pain today. She thinks she's doing something great for dad. He said, because I made this vow to God that whatever came out of my house first, when I came home, I would sacrifice to him. Now, the scripture doesn't tell us how old she was, but it does say she's a virgin. And here's what she said. I'm not unsung heroes. She said, Dad, it's okay. You made a commitment to God. Whatever that commitment is, I will honor it. Now, not only was she his only daughter, she was his only child. And for some of us, things have changed over the centuries, and we don't see them quite the same way. But in this particular time in history, to have children and have a lineage was absolutely crucial. And since this was his only daughter and his only child, his commitment, his vow that he had made to God stopped his lineage completely and totally. And here's what the daughter said. All right, Dad. Because of your vow to God, I'm never going to be able to marry. And the sacrifice and understanding of that time would be that she would be sent to the temple and she would serve in the temple all of her life and could never be married and could, of course, never have children. She said, let me have two months to go in the mountains with my friends and mourn my virginity. And then I'll go and be that sacrifice. And all that took place. Now you're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I would never do anything that dumb. How many times have we tried to bargain with God in prayer? How many times have we wanted something so desperately, whatever it may have been, a relationship, a financial blessing, the health of a loved one, or even ourselves, and in the process of trying to convince God that it's in his best interest to help me get what I want, we start bargaining with God. And we'll make all sorts of promises. And that is not the God we serve. In fact, the scripture that I'm going to bring you to in a moment says, obedience, the thing that God requires of us is to obey him. The problem with that is we are so often not willing to spend the time to know what it is that he desires. And how often have we in prayer done our dead level best to convince God that what we desire is the best thing that he could possibly do when God knows the whole picture and he knows things that we don't know and not even capable of knowing. And he's looking for those who will what? Understand his love for us. He first loved us. He loves me He loves you. 
And because he loves me and he loves you, because we love him, he says he'll make himself known. Is that not so cool? Almighty God says, I'm looking for those people who will so believe and trust in me that I can reveal myself to them. And so even in the case of Jetha, where God revealed himself and helped him as he cried out to God for help, he tried to do something God didn't ask him to do because he was so desperate. In our desperation, we can make those same mistakes. In our desperation, we can miss the fact that, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians, it's the love of Christ that controls us. It's the love of Christ that controls us because what? One died for all, and so all have died. We died with him over 2,000 years ago. But the problem is we still want to keep resurrecting our body. I delight in celebrating the baptism of these precious children who came to know Christ through VBF. And this baptistry is symbolic of we're understanding, their understanding, maybe not to the totality that they will in years to come, but... In me, when I recognize my sinful state and I die to self as Christ was nailed to the cross and then I was buried as he was in the tomb and then I was raised to walk in this newness of life. And that newness of life is one that is Christ in me, the Holy Spirit working in me and controls me because he died. I died because he died. You died because he lives. I live. And because he lives, you live. What a God we have who loves us so, so, so very much. Can we leave here today and those who've been rejected by others say, but God, I want to know what you want. I want to know how you want me to respond. Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's friends. Those who've been abandoned. That the ones that should have taken care of you didn't take care of you. The ones who should have cared for you did not care for you. And you have the privilege, the the incredible, amazing privilege with the help and the work of the Holy Spirit to change all that around. Will we be a Jethath? I don't know. Because not every hero is going to be named. We just celebrated Memorial Day. And you can go to military cemeteries around the world and see literally thousands of crosses of people whose names are not known. And yet, they're the ones, as we celebrate freedom this week, they gave us that freedom. We can read through the scriptures we're doing now and find those folks who have paid the price before us. We can read Christian history, find the same thing. How somebody 
of course, for us as Christians, knowing that Christ was the one who did that, and then others have followed in his example of laying down their lives so they can live the life that God has for them so that somebody could tell us about Jesus. Is that not amazing that God has this love story that continues on and on and on and on? And we're the recipients of that love. And with the work of the Holy Spirit, we're the ones who reveal that love. And so you're here today and you're saying, you know what? Appreciate what you're saying, but I don't feel very loved, to be honest. And I'm sure that's possible. So here's my challenge. Ask God to show you. Ask God to show you his love. Be willing, be open for him to express that to you and however he sees fit to do so. But if he can do it in this man's life, Jethath, born of a prostitute, rejected by his family. He can do it in my life. And he can do it in your life. And guess what? Our world system is continuing this downward spiral. And we're the ones that God's chosen for this time in history to be here, be the light, be the salt, and be the ones who love regardless of how we're treated. We're it. We are God's answer to this dying and decaying world only because of Christ who lives in us. What a joy. We are free. We are free in him. Would you stand, please? Father, I know that people standing before me today have gone through, many of them, a lot in their lives. There are people here today who don't even maybe understand why they've had to go through the things they have. But we're believing in faith, God, that you, having chosen us for this time and this season, that that will be made known to us in such a way that every day, every day, every day that we live, we will follow you. We will love you because you love us and we will obey you and we will honor you. Help us, Holy Spirit. Come now in a fresh way. Fill us with your fire to burn out all the dross, all the stuff that we've allowed in, or that's been brought into our lives, with fresh wind to refresh our spirit and our soul to know your presence more than ever. And let your love flow, flow through us. Let your love be manifested. When someone's unkind, when someone's hurtful, 
Let that love right now, let that love that fills us flow out. And thank you for loving us and the privilege to love you. In Jesus' name, amen.